What will keep you going in this world as we know it? This is a great principle for those that need to learn endurance. Endurance, the idea of not quitting. Again, it's just the right perspective. That's all it is. That's what Paul says. You want to endure? It's having the right perspective. Are you going to look at the things that are temporary? You're going to be very much ready to quit. Or will you look at the things that are unseen? The things in the spirit. The faithfulness of God. The resurrection power. There's so much more to life than the temporary. Affliction's not heavy or burdensome with the right perspective. Because even in the worst of it all, as compared to eternity, it's just temporary. It's just for a moment. This is amazing grace. This is We all go through difficult times, but if we're a Christian and have eyes to see, we can look back and notice that God accomplished something great through it all. Not only that, we have heaven to look forward to. Keeping that eternal perspective will serve to help you avoid losing heart and giving up too soon. Today on Abounding Grace, we take you to 2 Corinthians 4. First, Pastor Ed Taylor reminds us that we're all just clay pots and God the treasure deserves all the glory for anything good that is seen in and through our lives. We are these earthen vessels, that's us. We have this treasure, this treasure in earthen vessels. The the danger about our lives is that God does use, and he has chosen to use, and he will continue to use until the coming of the Lord, earthen vessels. He's using people to reach people. That is his will. That's what he's unfolded. God does use the earthen vessels. He does use the chili stained Tupperware. And when you begin to be used, God deposits that treasure in us because he's chosen to use us. And if we're not careful, we'll look to the vessel. And it's just wrong. And let me just say something between you and me, just here at Calvary, and of course, those that might be listening in at a later date. It's always a very discouraging thing. When I get back from vacation or I get back from a ministry trip, And as we're talking and catching up about the things that have transpired while I was gone, that I find out, and sometimes I find out personally, that I hear that people will call the office on Wednesdays or Saturdays and say, is Pastor Ed going to be there tonight? I love answering those phone calls. Because if I answer the phone, which when I'm in my office in between services, and I love answering the phone, hey, Calvary Chapel, yeah, is Pastor Ed going to be here tonight? Why? It's like, oh, I, I will. I'll do it. I have been known to do that. Why? Well, uh, you know, it's like it shouldn't matter who's here. Because when you do that and when you're thinking that, you're like, oh, if the Tupperware's not there, I'm not going to show up, man. You know, that, I'm sure you got a Rubbermaid guy or something, you know, or whatever. It's like, how dumb is that? And so if I'm sick or, you know... Another one, and here's what that means. What it really means is that if I'm sick or I do have to, you know, if I'm invited to teach at a conference or I'm away with my family, here's what that means. What that means is, is like, if I'm not here and another gifted brother's teaching, you know, if Ed's not here, I'm not going to be there. Man, what's wrong with you? 
What does that mean if Ed's not going to be here? Who is Ed anyway? Just some guy from Southern California that God's chosen to use. It's him, not me. And if Pastor Joel is here or when Pastor John is here or any of the folks that are given the privilege and have the privilege to share with you the word of God, believe me, God will use them. The reason why, you know, well, you know, I don't know about that preacher. Or maybe feel about, well, that way about me. I go, well, actually, I call because if you're there, I won't be there, you know. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, right on, man. That's cool. But it doesn't matter who delivers the message. If you have ears to hear, you will hear from the Lord. And if you pay attention to the earthen vessel and you're, getting, you're calling to find out who's here or whatever it might be and you're rearranging your whole life, just, just stop it and give credit to the treasure, to the giver of the gifts, to the one that use us, uses us so that God can use any old clay pot. God can use rocks to teach the truth to you. He, he can use a donkey, which is proof with me being here. He can use a donkey. <laughs> he can use any. He can use your friends. He, you know what? God can put the truth of his word into a friend of yours that doesn't have a relationship with God at all and bust you by some little phrase. Oh, that's what Christians say. And then you go, only when we're mad. You know, it's like, (laughs) it's keep it in order. Keep it in order. It's the treasure that gets the attention it really doesn't matter what clay pot God chooses to use. Just be open. Be open to the work of the Spirit of God. And, and for my part, I'll be careful to point you to him. And I'll be careful to be faithful with whatever giftings God has given to me. I'll be faithful to you know, be open to the work of the Spirit. But it's not about me. And if it ever becomes about me, you're going to be greatly disappointed. You're going to have great unrealistic expectations that will never be met. But if we keep our eyes on the Lord, we won't be greatly disappointed. And our expectations will be right on, oh, yeah, you know what? That's just a clay pot. It's just a clay pot, man. He's just an earthen vessel. I know. I know. And so are you. And God is fashioning us and molding us and making us something beautiful and wonderful. And, and just like Jeremiah was given the picture of the potter at the wheel, he's spinning that wheel around and he's putting his fingers in and his hands in, crafting and molding us. And really that pot is as only as valuable as the hands that are fashioning it and molding it and making it something instead of just that lump of clay that it was before it got on the wheel. Be careful not to look at, like, don't look at me like that as a pastor. I'm just a regular person, more regular than probably you even want to know. And I don't have anything in my life that disqualifies me or anything, but regular guy, just like you, regular gal that just loves the Lord. I want to serve faithfully. I want to be used mightily. So please don't look at me or any of the people here that serve as anyone other than a fellow servant walking this dusty road together, ending up at the feet of Jesus, laying all our crowns down before him of reward anyway. And if God does use someone in in your life, you know, you got a guy on the radio that just really ministers to you or a, a gal that wrote a book that just so blesses you, then be careful. You know, as you express your appreciation, just be careful to make sure that most of the appreciation goes to the Lord. That's where it belongs. And I love that, that treasure. That's just, it's the treasure in earthen vessels so why he, he did it on purpose it's the same thing he said in first corinthians chapter one 
where he said that God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise so that God will get all the credit. Well, he says it all over again here. So that the excellence of the power may be of God and not us. So when you step in to serve Jesus, it's also encouraging to know that you're just an earthen vessel. You know why? Because then it doesn't depend on you. You don't have to live up to anyone's standards. You don't have to live up to anyone's pressures. All you need to do is be a good clay pot, which you already are. So just be what you are and let the Lord use you. And then all, there's no pressure. Where's the pressure? If God's doing the work, all the excellence and the glory is for him, then all you need to do is show up, clay pot, and God will use you. Stay usable. Stay in a place spiritually where you're strong, but you're the clay pot. So now, now, verse 8. Here's what goes through and what happens to the clay pots. He says, well, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are all, you might want to mark these words, always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. We've learned, and it's, we've built a little pattern now through Paul's life in 2 Corinthians. We learned this, and it's worth repeating. Serving God by serving people is hard. Well, how hard is it? Always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. We haven't really faced that yet, but it's different kinds of death for you. This is literal death in Paul's life, but in you, you may just need to learn how to always be delivered to the death of self and selfishness, and self-centeredness, and the world revolving around you. Maybe that's the work of God right now in good times where you don't have anyone coming knocking at your door. Are you a believer? And then taking you out and taking your family out. But instead, you need to learn how to die to yourself. You need to learn how, and I need to be always delivered in all the circumstances in my life, all the difficulties in my life, all the stresses, all the pressures, all the things outside of my control are designed to cause me to die to myself and follow Jesus. That's what he told me to do. If anyone wants to follow me, let him deny himself, Jesus said, take up the cross, and then I can follow. And it could be that God is just teaching you you're always delivered to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. We're always dying to ourselves. So why? The life of Jesus can live. Let me give you two words that do not reflect a personal dying to self. Two words. You got your pencils ready? Pens ready? You got your little thumbs ready? Two words that do not reflect. If you use these words in your spiritual life, it could indicate, not always, but it could indicate most of the time that you have a real big problem with dying to yourself in this area. Whatever follow these two words. You ready? I'm trying those don't sound like words of self-denial or death. I know that's probably well-meaning. I know it's probably good intentions. I, I understand that. It's not necessarily sinful words. It's just an indication that this is an area. So you could say this. I'm trying. Dun, 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 dun. That's an area God wants you to die to yourself. So you fill in the blanks what that is. I'm not going to guess for you. You already know. I'm trying. Those are two words that reflect that you are in an area where you're not being delivered over to death. You're just being reminded that you're trying to do things in your own strength. Because Paul really went through it. This was, the, hot, this was the, the pattern of his life. It's a little opposite of how we live our lives. We tend to live our lives to avoid persecution, to avoid difficulty, to avoid being forsaken, being, to avoid, you know, where he says, I don't want to be, I mean, look at this, verse 8. We are hard-pressed. What's your thought? I don't want to be hard-pressed. 
We are perplexed, which is a word that's even deeper than confused, where I just don't get it and everything's cloudy. And I hear, I read down, I go, I don't want to be perplexed. We're persecuted. I don't want to be persecuted. We're struck down. I don't want to be struck down. We're always caring about in our bodies. The, you know, our bodies are going through. We're being beaten and taken. So we're always caring about in our body the dying of the Lord. And these are things that are exactly opposite of how we live our lives. But not for Paul. It was part of his defense. He goes, you guys, are you really believing what they said? Do, you, don't you, don't, do I have to explain to you? It's almost like I can hear Paul. Do I have to explain to you my life? Have you forgotten my life? You forgot the scars? You forgot my, my history? You forgot what I've done? I mean, just a quick survey through the book of Acts. Do you remember? Let me go through it by city. In Damascus, the Jewish council wants to kill Paul. So they throw Paul over the wall in a basket to save his life. In Antioch, the influential Jews of the city kick him out of town. In Jerusalem, the church leaders, the church leaders attack the gospel of grace through his life. In Lystra, he was stoned. They thought he was dead, but he got up again and wanted to jump into ministry. In Philippi, he was beaten badly, thrown in jail. Then the earthquake broke him out. That was pretty cool. In Athens, and, and we're just reading through this, but like the, beaten, the beating that he got in Philippi was significant. The Athens, he was mocked as a fool. In Corinth, he was forced out of town. In Ephesus, a riot erupted by those that were selling idols, and he, ch- he was chased down to kill him. In Jerusalem, he finally arrived where he wanted to do the ministry. His, he wanted to serve in Jerusalem. He finally got there only to be arrested, and that's where he died, and he was martyred. That's just a glimpse, a snapshot of Paul's life when he says, We've gone, I've been through it, man. Do you, you guys don't remember my life? We've been pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. Because another way of looking at this is this does describe some of your lives and what you've gone through. Sometimes the trials that you go through are because of someone else. Sometimes you brought it on yourself, your own consequence, the consequences of your own sin. Sometimes it's a combination of the two, and there you are. You're perplexed. You're hard-pressed. But you're not crushed. You're not in despair. You're not destroyed. You're not forsaken. God is teaching you how to die to yourself so you might grow. And this earthen vessel, Paul, was broken and crushed so that the light of the gospel would shine through him and around him and above him. There are times when the the treasure is in you, you clay pot. The treasure is within us, but it's been held. You know, Jesus said that we're the light of the world, that we're going to be salt and light on the earth. Because he, the being the light of the world, is ascended to the Father. And so what happens is believers, we get real comfortable with one another, and we're filled with light. And the only way it comes out of us is for the pot to crack and to be broken, to have it overflow in your life. And we fight the very things that God's using to get us to let go of whatever it might be holding you back, whatever it is that is harnessing and tethering and pulling you back from an even deeper relationship with Jesus for yet another year and another year and another year. Before you know it, your life has passed you by. And you've resisted the work of the Spirit in your life. Paul really is just saying, look, we're going through it, verse 12. So then death is working in us, but life in you. He says, we're going through it, but it's all for you. And you could say that in your own life. What God's allowed in your life, you're going through it, but it's for the people around you. He says in verse 13, we have this same spirit. 
But since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. He's quoting Psalm 116. You might want to read Psalm 116 because it's all about suffering. But the essence is, what do we do when we're suffering? We believe. We trust. And therefore, out of that trust, we speak, verse 14, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes. That grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. It's just, I can hear the desperate heart of Paul. He's just like, everything I've gone through, church, is for you. I don't want anything from you. I don't want to take anything. I'm just a clay pot. You're just a clay pot. And my life has been broken, but it's been for you. On every paragraph, I get this sense where Paul's saying, why are you listening to them? What marks do they have? What suffering have they gone through? What fire have they walked through with you? What, what, why are you listening to them? Everything that we've gone through has been for you. And then he ends the chapter the same way he begins. He began it. In verse 1, he talked about we don't lose heart. And now in verse 16, therefore, because God's using us, he's using everything. Because of all that, we don't lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing. Is there an amen to that? Anybody hear any noises from their body today? Good noises, not bad. Like, it's like, what's happening to my body? Right here, verse 16, you just put it on that knee brace of yours or those crutches that you have, whatever. You know, it's like right there. The outward man is perishing, yet isn't the inward man being renewed day by day? You're getting stronger spiritually, even though your body's wearing down. And then he says something heavy. We, again, we aren't going to develop this. It's more of a survey for our time tonight. But for our light affliction, that's how he saw everything. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment. And I have this underlined. You might want to mark it. Is working for us, not against us. Is that what your Bible says? For us. That light affliction is working for you. It's working for you, not against you. Very similar to what Paul would write to the Romans in Romans 8, 28, that God's working all things together for the good that's working for you, not against you. So that we might have a far more exceedingly eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. So there's a key to understanding affliction. We've got to not look at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen, because the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. We don't lose heart. All the suffering in this life is working for us. It's almost as if Paul's anticipating a little bit in the dialogue where he could sense that perhaps some of the response would be, wait a minute, Paul, you've been through everything. How can you not lose heart? How can you not quit? How can you not? And Paul says, look, I'm not looking at the temporary. It is what it is. This is God's call in my life. Paul says everything that's happened to him, even his death-like trials, has made him more effective, not less. Has made him more useful. Made him stronger in the spirit and weaker in the flesh. They've made, Paul's saying, they've made the ministry more exciting, more fruitful, less predictable. You've been praying for excitement and fruitfulness in ministry? This is how you're going to get it. You never know what a day's going to bring. The outward man is perishing. The clay pots are not going to last. But the inward man, the spiritual man, being renewed daily, what a perspective. And this is a great principle for those that need to learn endurance. Endurance, the idea of not quitting. It's just the right perspective. That's all it is. That's what Paul says. You want to endure, it's having the right perspective. 
Are you going to look at the things that are temporary? You're going to be very much ready to quit. Or will you look at the things that are unseen? The things in the spirit. The faithfulness of God. The resurrection power of Jesus, he says. When he says, hey, knowing in verse 14 that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise, up, raise us up. There's so much more to life than the temporary. Affliction's not heavy or burdensome with the right perspective. Because even in the worst of it all, as compared to eternity, it's just temporary. It's just for a moment. It's it's light in so many different ways. Hey, thanks for joining us today for Abounding Grace. And don't go away. We'll hear from Pastor Ed Taylor again in just a moment. We're in the midst of a series that's based in 2 Corinthians. If you'd like to hear it again, go to calvaryco.church. Another way to listen to Pastor Ed's teachings is through our mobile apps. Do a search for Calvary Aurora, and you'll be able to download both our church app and the Grace FM Colorado app. Thank you for your support of Abounding Grace. It does make a difference. Your donation will serve to help us bring these daily studies to your station and many others like it every day. We're consistently receiving wonderful reports from listeners of how God is using the Word of God to help them grow by God's abounding grace. And when you support this ministry today with the gift of $25 or more, we'd like to send you Contented in All Things, Peace by Jeff Geip. Maybe you've noticed many Americans today lack true contentment. No matter how much they have, they're always wanting more, bigger, better. But that doesn't have to be the case for you. And in Contented, Pastor Jeff Geip helps the reader find peace in all things and get on the path to contentment in Christ. Here's where to reach us, 877-30-GRACE, or turn to calvaryco.church on the web. That's 877-30-GRACE and calvaryco.church. As promised, here's Pastor Ed to wrap up our study with a visit to Romans. I want to end in this passage. Would you turn over to Romans chapter 8? It could be this week God would have you to meditate on these last verses. We don't lose heart. Why? Because our outward man is perishing, but the inward man is renewed day by day. Our light afflictions, just for a moment, working for us a far more exceedingly eternal weight of glory. See, if, if your life is all into the here and now, and it's all about now, and it's all about the things of this world where the God of this age has blinded the people of this world. If that's all you're into, then you're going to fluctuate with everything that's going on in the world. You're going to go up when things seem to go well, and you're going to go down when things seem to go down. When in totality, everything on this earth, everything in our lives is temporary. It is temporary. It's not lasting The only thing that will last from our lives, the things that are eternal, are the time and energy and effort that we spend in investing in people because people are eternal and the time that we have invested in God's word because God's word is eternal. Everything else is not going to, we're not going to take anything into eternity with us. It's all temporary. And so notice in Romans chapter 8 verse 23, He says, not only they, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, then we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Or another way of saying that is endurance. And likewise... The Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, 
For we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Jump down to verse 31, Romans chapter 8. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It's God that justifies. Who is he who condemns? It's Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And amen to that. Tomorrow, we'll return to 2 Corinthians 5 and seek to gain an eternal mindset. That's coming up Wednesday on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. 